Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 204th episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds podcast. From the first episode last week, the 18th of July, until the 17th of August, 2023, it's all about South Asian Heritage Month. And this year's theme is Tell Your Story, a really important theme about celebrating all the stories that make up our diverse South Asian and vibrant community. So South Asia is formed of eight countries, namely Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Bhutan, India, Maldives, Nepal, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. And the British South Asian community is over 3 million people strong, with at least one out of every 20 people in this country having South Asian heritage. So I wonder if that surprises you. It's, it's a really significant number of people, isn't it? And the theme about telling your story is really about the moments in life that have shaped who you are today as a South Asian person, what experiences have taught you valuable lessons, and no matter who you are, it's about sharing your story having South Asian heritage and indeed our stories are what make us unique and they connect us to each other in profound ways whether you express yourself through art writing music fashion or food there are so many ways to share experiences and celebrate your heritage that go beyond lots of stereotypes and speaking of sharing stories have you watched my TEDx talk it was a labor of love and I was preparing for it last year. And it's something you can watch in your break because it's just 12 minutes long. The link is in the show notes, but I'll also give it to you here. It is bit.ly forward slash T-E-D-X Wolves. That's TEDx Wolves, W-O-L-V-E-S-L-O. So I really hope you enjoy it because it was a labor of love. And if you do enjoy it, please leave a positive comment on YouTube, share and like. And also don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so on the theme of sharing stories, something I'm very keen on if you listen to the podcast, whether you're a long-term listener or maybe you've read or connected and seen the things that I talk about on social media is lumping is on not lumping people all together. So in episode 50, I talk about why you need to stop stereotyping South Asian women and do check that out. So if you want to know more. And I think that South Asian Heritage Month is seeking to build upon the momentum that was gathered during the various commemorations which took place in 2017 to mark 70 years of independence of India, the creation of Pakistan, partition, sadly, of Punjab and Bengal. And the issue is that the global north loved to lump us all together and also not understanding that a lot of the differences or the clashes that we see now in modern day India are as a result of colonialism and what I like to call the colonial hangover. And that's not in a trite way. Um, the impacts have been great. But just because we are all brown, we are not the same. So there is something about, for me, white people being able to be individuals and people who do not identify as white are lumped together. As a start, if I haven't made myself clear, again, if you listen to the podcast, the current British Asians in the government definitely don't represent me. And I know they don't represent many, many, many South Asians. Equally, I know that there are South Asians that uh, are in line with their viewpoints. Um, and of course, that is the case. But lumping us all together and thinking that that's, uh, that's our viewpoint is not the case. So why should you care about this? And I think that it's great to have months that celebrate and commemorate various communities and cultures, but we all have to learn and shift and change and really stretch ourselves out of our comfort zone, get uncomfortable, and for that discomfort to then reflect in the work and what we do. 
So it's about stereotypes, true race equity and understanding nuances. Um, and an exa some examples I just want to share with you are about unrecognized history. So, for example, International Mother Language Day, which was declared by UNESCO on the 17th of November 1999. But this is really important that this language movement came about from what is now Bangladesh. So when Pakistan was created in 1947, it had East Pakistan and West Pakistan. East Pakistan is now known as Bangladesh and West Pakistan is now Pakistan. And of course, if you think about the history of uh, Bengal and Bangladesh, and remember they speak a common language, which is Bengali, this was a really horrific thing to do. And the government of Pakistan actually said that people who are now part of East Pakistan had to speak Urdu and that wasn't their language by a long stretch. So there were, rightly so, there were protests and there were uprisings around this. And of course, that's really understandable. And as is the way of the world to stop the protests, they were the government of Pakistan at the time outlawed public meetings and rallies. So there were students of the University of Dhaka with the support of the general public arranged big rallies and meetings. And on 21st of February, 1952, police opened fire on the rallies. And I'm gonna say their name, Abdus Salam, Abul Barkat, Rafiq Uddin Ahmed and Abdul Jabbar and Shafirul Rahman died with hundreds injured. And this was only, I only knew about this very recently when I was at an Asian business network event way before uh, COVID and we were talking about this and I didn't know the history and I was very lucky to speak to someone who is Bangladeshi who explained it all to me and then I looked it up. So since then, Bangladeshi celebrate the International Mother Language Day as one of their tragic days, and it's a national holiday in Bangladesh. So, you know, this is this is so that's one example, right? So remembering the histories and the stories. I think the other thing is to think about the kind of assumptions that are made. So I mentioned people in the British government, but also I have my story is not that one of uh, many of my friends. So, you know, my family didn't come to the UK with nothing in their pockets. And that I know is many people's story. That's not my story. So if, if I talk about systemic advantage and disadvantage, disadvantages, that is not mine. And actually, I suppose if you plot it out, I would be considered incredibly middle class. And I have lots of friends who, you know, whose parents worked 24 hour shifts, taking it in turns to do 12 hours and 12 hours in a bakery. And they came from India with very little money. I have so much respect for that because that is incredible. And we do not hold these people in high enough esteem. Another example is I remember doing a global majority leadership program and a very senior academic had been invited to talk about their experience of leadership. And they were talking about the fact that their father worked on the railways and uh, in, you know British, British Rail as it was and her father had just retired and her earnings were so much more than her father when he was her age. And she said, you know, this isn't something to be celebrated in the sense that this was flipping hard work. And yes, it's great that I have the opportunities I've had, but why should it be at the expense? This is not some great story that should be celebrated. Actually, people who worked on our railways need to be celebrated. So I think it's very important to think about that and something the Blindian Project talk about, which is all about um, Black and Indian heritages together. But they say, you know, what about the stories that are left behind? It's all about overcoming and making this new life for yourself. But of course, many people's lives were really wonderful before they decided to come to the Global North or change for whatever circumstances um, because they thought there would be even better opportunities for the next generation so 
This is, you know, this is something I don't feel is uh, talked about enough. And, you know, I really don't know what it's like to not have food on the table or not being able to afford it. And my family definitely didn't work in factories in the last 70, 80 years. So I am incredibly advantaged in that respect. And, you know, that's uh, that's an interesting one. And um, if you want to know more, a really, really great podcast episode with the wonderful Masuda Snaith, where she talks about a writer's journey. And I think what I love about Masuda is that she talks really openly about her heritage. So she's Bangladeshi and she talks about her working class background and she really advocates for writers in the space who identifies working class as well and from global majority backgrounds. And that's episode 51. So they go two treats for you, one about stuff stereotyping Asian women and Masuda's episode on a writer's journey. And then finally, I just wanted to pick up on one last thing, which is reporting and the way in which issues are reported and the way in which I think many South Asian groups can be pitted against each other. So an example was some of the issues that were happening earlier on in the year in the city of Leicester um, and this very simplistic reporting about tensions. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't happen. They did happen. But I think that the problem is, is that I saw news stories around, oh, look at these two friends. One's Hindu and one's Muslim, and they've been friends for 30 years. Let's have a chat to them. Now, these people were British Asian, which is great, or they'd come, you know, their, their families had come when they were very, very small to the UK, often from East Africa or um, various countries in the continent of Africa. And actually, a lot of the tension that was happening was between new arrivals. And that's not me saying we shouldn't um, enable people to come to this country. But given the state of India at the moment and the hatred that's being stirred up, this ideology is being brought, brought over. And I think that these nuances aren't really understood. And it's again, it's this sort of broad brushstroke of, you know, what kind of Asian are you? Whose side are you on? And the reporting I did not think was intelligent at all. So got to think about this. And, and then the history, I also am always on a learning journey, you know, learning about Kashmir, trying to, you know, the long history of Kashmir as a state and all the oppression they've experienced. Same with, you know, Tamil people and the lived experience and the history and struggles in Sri Lanka and Southern India. Colorism, we know that's a huge, huge issue um, within the South Asian community. And I did a whole podcast episode on this as well. So if you want to know more, do check out episode 103 about the damaging impacts of colorism and shadism. Still, we have a lot to talk about. Languages, you know, they're thought to be hundreds of languages spoken in India. And if you think of South Asia as a whole, that lots of dialects, you know, you think about the number of people, of course, that's going to happen. The food. So again, you know, food in India is much more seasonal than it will be in the UK. Like with Southeast Asian and Chinese food from my Chinese friends and colleagues. Um, I remember once I had a, a lecturer who was, uh, who'd come from, and I, I don't know which part of China. So he'd um, moved over from China and he said, oh God, I went to a Chinese restaurant. It was absolutely awful. What is this food? It's definitely for the English palate. And of course I wouldn't know that. Um, and I think that about many, I think less so now, I think it's changed, but 20 years ago, you had to be very careful. Or you definitely had to go to a restaurant and say, you know, can I just have the homemade dal or what the staff are eating? Because the rest of the food was definitely not for uh, uh, Indian, Pakistani or Bangladeshi palates, uh, if you've grown up with that food. Um, so it's not simply about the bindis and the saris and the wedding and Bollywood, and that is a part of it. But 
you know, there's so much more. And I put a recent post out saying we all love to eat samosas, but seriously, if you're going to do events in your workplace, they need to go much, much deeper than this. If you want to have an event about the history of it, and there's a very interesting, actually, history around authenticity of the samosa and where it came from and who claims it. Um, I'm sure, you know, there'll be food historians that can definitely um, do this. Uh, so I really hope you're enjoying the show and you've enjoyed previous shows and maybe this is your first show or maybe you've been a listener. But of course, we are now on episode 204. And um, if you want to know more about the back catalogue, there is a podcast guide that can help you with that. And we have created, thank you to my wonderful virtual assistant, Gemma, we've created a podcast guide for you that lists all 200 episodes. And you can also click on them directly. They're categorized and it will take you to the episode. And that link is bit.ly forward slash D for dog, M for mother, P for pony, G for go 23. So do check that out. And yeah, you can listen away and decide, you know, they're a free resource for you, decide what's going to be most useful for you. So what can you do to take a step back and not jump in with assumptions? Um, firstly, it's about raising awareness about the month. And if you can't organize something, because obviously we're into the month, attend an event, reflect, take notes, think about things. They're normally seasons of programs uh, on um, Freeview or if you've got any paid for subscriptions, watch programs and learn more and get different perspectives. Share what you're doing on social media using hashtags South Asian History Month. Share your stories, tell our stories. Think about how your workplace could get involved. Maybe you can't have an event, but is there a book you could read and have a book group afterwards? Um, could you listen to some resources? Could you uh, link in with your global majority staff network or um, BME staff network? Do you have a specific South Asian staff network? Um, really the options are endless and also you might think I'm um, being overzealous here but why not plan for 2023 20 the year 2023-24 I always think in academic years uh, but 2024 about how you might make it as impactful as possible of course the theme's not out yet but start thinking about that and have a look at the events that are out there and who you might like to get into your workplace and of course I do speak as well so if you're interested do get in touch with me um, and remember, this is all part of British history. We know that Black History Month is really essential. We know that Women's History Month is really essential. We know that LGBTQI plus History Month is really essential. And of course, South Asian Heritage Month is no different. So in terms of the resources, I've got the South Asian History Month website for you to have a look at on Twitter as well, the partition group, Indian Summer, and some other bits and bobs that you might find useful. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. So do get in touch with me and let me know. And also just to say that next week, do join us again. So where we will be speaking to Muhammad Kasaji about flipping the idea of success. So take care, everyone, and speak soon. And yeah, let me know what you're doing. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.